I'm Philippe from the Vancouver Whitecaps. Uh, you are listening for WhatsApp Whitecaps. Welcome to What's Up Whitecaps. Boy, do we have a good episode in store for you today. You could say we are going to smash this episode into the top corner. Unlike Ali Adnan. <laughs> and that's where we'll start. We'll reflect on the game versus Zlatan. <coughs> I mean LA. Whoops, I, I mean Carson. We'll look ahead to the Chicago Fire game and have the one and only Don Andrews as our guest. He's the stadium announcer for the Whitecaps and offers even another perspective on the Whitecaps. Of course, we'll also bring you through the injuries and the academy as we always do, as well as give you a little international update because Canada's been in action. Anyways, let's get to it. One piece of news about the podcast is that we have now partnered with the website Between the Sticks. Our podcast will be posted on their website and their personnel will join in on future episodes for our new Caps Corner Roundtable. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that, and it's a great group of guys over there at Between the Sticks, and yeah. we're more than happy to be part of their family and to have them as part of theirs, as part of ours. Sure. So, what were your initial reflections on the LA game? Thoughts on Zlatan and NPK? Okay. Start us off. Well, we had a good start to the game. We could have had an amazing start to the game. It was good. Bangura cuts into the box, yeah. 47 seconds in, Whitecaps get a penalty. Woohoo! The crowd's going well. Let's go. Alan and our new player comes up to the spot. We think he's going to slot this. He's got a massive cannon for a boot. And then what? He chips it. And but he doesn't just chip it. He chips it. He scuffs it. He he's... scuffs the ground ahead of him. Do you think it was oh. having Zlatan in the building? He wanted to do something special or first well, time? Or what was what was the behind that decision? Well, okay. I've taken many penalties in my uh, youth soccer career and the only reason you'd ever panenka panenka so i'm not very good at pronouncing it panenka it is when you not is when you're in a penalty shootout and you know that the goalkeeper has constantly been diving a lot and really dives to, to those corners even then i still don't do a panenka but it's just not the it's it, I, I just can't do it i would never do it but we'll see. How, anyway, it's, it's happened. It's happened. It's been all over Instagram. It, it definitely changed the game. I mean, if the Whitecaps score two minutes into the game, then it's a totally different storyline. And uh, we're defending lead at home. And our defense has been okay. Uh, and getting on that front foot definitely would have changed the way the game goes. I think also Zlatan was just quite intimidating. I've, I've seen him play when he played for Manchester United. I went to one game. And... He's a very intimate guy. He's so tall. He's up front. Like, even some of the defenders get scared of him. And a defender's supposed to be the biggest player on the team. What did you think of Slatter? I noticed he didn't run a lot. I was, oh, he's just old. That's... I, I was, even in his other games, uh, younger in his career, I've watched a few of his games, and he doesn't run a lot. But then suddenly he pops up and uh, he gets a goal and an assist and completely changes the game for the Galaxy. I think that's just his style of play. He's not a player to make many runs because he doesn't need to be that player. He's Even in his prime, he was, he was quite fast. He was he had, He's a fit guy. He's a very fit guy. He still is, even um, into his 30s. However, I think his style of play is he's able to receive the ball, keep the ball. He's not going to lose it from the defenders and then maybe create the chance. 
then maybe ru- he's then run into the box, score a goal. That and is he, a very he's, cer- he's certainly skilled as well. Exactly, it's a very Slatan like goal. He's an v- incredible finishing, still at this age, possibly one of the best in the world. Yeah, I mean, in his prime, he was right in the Ballon d'Or conversation every every time that uh, that award came up for um, awarding. Felipe at halftime, he said that the a lot of the fans in the stadium weren't there for the Whitecaps, they weren't there for the home team, they were there for Zlatan, and that was it. And he said, it, you know, it feels sort of sad. What do you think of his comments at halftime? They are very interesting comments and very controversial comments. I think Zlatan is, a, is an incredible player, and the MLS is a way for players like Zlatan, Gerard, Beckham, Drogba. The MLS is a place for people that didn't always get a chance to see Zlatan, to pay homage to his amazing career that they've all those players have had, not just Latin night. There's also Perlo and David Villa. They came to the Whitecaps it's games. De- de- it's definitely changing, though, because you don't see many of those old Europeans coming over anymore. I know, but I feel we just need to... I respect his uh, comments and I understand his comments, but I believe that you need to still pay homage to... Zlatan and everyone was still supporting the Whitecaps, and as soon as Zlatan goes yeah. back to which goes back to LA, whichever team he plays next, like whichever team LA plays next, will be fully supporting the Whitecaps. But I think we still need to pay homage to Zlatan. That's definitely true. And there was even one guy who uh, ran on the pitch in about minute eighty, uh, not a streaker, not to disrupt play or anything, just to get an autograph from Zlatan, and uh, he cooperated and um, he signed the guy's jersey which I do find sort of funny. So we had a bit of positional change in the game as well. First of all we had Ardaiz up top instead of Montero. That was the first time. And we had Inbom Huang uh, as a winger instead of a striker uh, or a number 10. What do you think of that? I thought it was an interesting change. I, it, I think it worked. I really like Inbom in both positions. I think he's better in the midfield because he's able to hold up the ball really well and he's quite comfortable on the ball and being in that midfield because that's a very uh, intense position where there's a lot going on and I think he's able to do that position better than lots of the other players on the Whitecaps and I think lots of those players can do much better out wide compared to Inbom. not saying that Inbom's not good out wide. I think he's better in the middle though. Yeah, I would tend to agree with that. I think what MDS was trying was to have a bit of skill out wide and then when the ball was moved over to the other side of the pitch, he would shift into the middle and play more of that number 10. Uh, but I think if you have a team that is full of wingers in Bangura, Venudo, Levi's even, um, it's better to have true wingers on the wings and give Inbaum kind of that orchestrating position in the middle of the park going forward because a guy like Ardaiz, he makes those runs off the ball. And with Inbaum's skill and creativity, I think that the... Between him, Jordi, and Ardaiz, you'll find some success on the offense. It, it'll just take some time to start clicking. Yeah, I agree. Anyway, I think we should quickly have a look at the Chicago game. That is the one coming up. That is the one coming up. And we have another European superstar, the Whitecaps, playing Bastian Schweinsteiger, a former World Cup winner. Not a former World Cup winner. He uh, won just two World Cups ago. He's still a World Cup winner. True. It sounds <laughs> weird to say yeah. that, but yeah. Uh, la- last year's game against Chicago. Uh, that was a good game. I wish it, it, it was a good game. Uh, and there was also the intriguing storyline of you have Schweinsteiger coming off a very successful career in Munich and 
we had Davies who had just signed his three-year deal uh, in Munich. And so there was a bit of an emotional connection there. We always get good games against, or at least exciting games Mm -hmm. against Chicago. The year before, uh, of course, was that Masato Kudo incident uh, where he got knocked out after running into the keeper. And that that was horrific. I've been very close to that many times. Very close. There's a lot of intriguing storylines between these two teams in the past. uh, And going into this game, the Whitecaps will be facing their former goalkeeper, David Osted. Yeah, David Osted is he's a great keeper. He he was a great keeper for the Whitecaps and he still is a great keeper. I was very lucky enough I was lucky enough to actually meet him in a Polo Ralph Lauren during their Seattle game. I was going to Seattle and they were he was coming back and I bumped into him and he's a very nice guy, has a very good attitude and I think he, he's a very good guy. And he's sounds good. like he's well dressed too, eh? Yeah, he's yeah, he is well dressed, yeah. <laughs> Uh, very nice guy, and just a good. He's got a good vibe about him, and I think it'll be nothing but respect um, yeah, with this return. I mean, the roster he's playing is a completely different roster than the one yeah, he left. Yeah, sure. Uh, but the fans, the, I the, think. the fans remember him, and it'll be his first time back in Vancouver since then. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there'll definitely be quite a warm reception. Mm-hmm. Uh, last year, which was his first year away from the Caps in MLS, he spent the first part of the season as DC United starter. Uh, but then they brought back Bill Hamid, and uh, he was stable to the bench. He didn't return to D.C. this year, and he signed on with Chicago. Mm, I think uh, that's a good move. So I think that's a good move, and he played a, a hell of a game uh, last week, making mm-hmm. some real cat-like saves yeah. uh, that we became accustomed to in Vancouver. And personally, I'm looking forward to seeing the Great Dane back between the sticks at B.C. Place, even if it's not for the Whitecaps. Uh, I just hope that our strikers can put a few behind him. Yeah, for sure. How do you think we're going to do against them, especially after Chicago coming off a draw against Toronto FC? Well, we've got to win. We really we gotta win. have to win. Uh, and it's actually my bad. The game is away, not home, um, against Chicago. Uh, oh, yes. It was uh, Schweinsteiger coming to Vancouver last year, and that's why there was the whole emotional connection with Davies. Um, but still... Uh, the storyline's still there, the uh, David Osted versus his former club. We have to win this game, though. Uh, you can't go 0-6. Um, well, not winning six, six. Not, not winning, not six, winning games. six Um One point through five is dismal. Uh, the analytics website, fi- 538, uh, currently gives us a 13% chance at making the playoffs. And so you're telling me there's a chance? A small one. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> That is second last in the whole league, only to only ahead of the San Jose Earthquakes, who are clearly in a rebuilding year under their new head coach. So we, we have to win. I say season's lost if we don't win this game. Mm-hmm. Uh, most important game of the season. And it could be the Whitecaps' last visit to Toyota Stadium in Bridgeview, Illinois. Yeah. Do you, do you think Chicago will end up moving? I think they, they will. They're certainly looking at uh, rebranding the club as well as um, – Moving the club to downtown Chicago to Soldier Field, which I think would be... That would be a good time. That would be great. I, I think it would be a great move uh, mm-hmm. to move downtown. Soldier Field, they might be a bit too big. That might be a bit too big, but um, to move downtown would definitely be a good move for the franchise. They do have... And a, also soccer in Chicago, for Definitely. Sure. Uh, they do have a lease at Toyota Stadium until 2023, so they'll have to buy themselves out of that. Um that could be a bit problematic, but we'll see where that goes in the coming months. Yeah, for sure. Who do you think we're going to have to watch out for? Their attack. Their attack mm. is 
one of the best in the league, I think. They've only added to it this year with CJ Spong coming from the Philadelphia Union. Uh, but Nemanja Nikolic, he won the Golden Boot two years ago, uh, was in the running last year. And even though he had a bit of a sophomore slump, so be it in MLS, uh, he is still an elite striker and has caused the White House problems in the past. So with Nikolic and Spong up front, um, it's going to be a task to be reckoned with for the Caps. Yeah, definitely. <clears throat> so anyway, um, that should be it. We're just going to put it to the interview right now, and then we'll get back to you with the injury update and academy updates. Yeah, we ha- we have Don Andrews, uh, the PA announcer for the Whitecaps, um, as well as other Vancouver sports coming on this interview, and it was a real fun one. It was good fun. I was able to join in on it for once. Yeah, Tom joined me for the first time, so I hope you enjoyed the interview, and we'll be back. All right. Here at What's Up Whitecaps, we're here, both Tom and I, with sports announcer and Whitecaps announcer, Don Andrews. He's the stadium announcer and the PA announcer in the stadium. Uh, So, hi, Don, and thanks for coming on the podcast today. Hello, gentlemen. Thanks for having me. So, how'd you get into it? That's kind of a question that we ask a lot of our guests, is how they originally got into it. So, how did you get into uh, PA announcing? Um, it's a story. I was working, you know, of all things, I worked in radio and I got a phone call one day from a girl and she said, it was a friend of mine. And she said to me, I, I have your next job. And I said, what do you mean? You have my next job. I, I work uh, doing this and I was doing this and I'm going to school and, and all this stuff. And she was like, no, I have your job. And she said, uh, the local baseball team is looking to book their announcer. And I said, oh, well, I love baseball. So I based on down to the city and uh, on two for it. And like, as I was walking downstairs, they were kind of offering me the job. And I spent 14 years in the, at, uh, at the ballpark. So that's where it all started. And you just, uh, you've built up from there and you do some voice acting as well, don't you? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I've been fortunate to do a whole bunch of stuff like that. So. Um, but the uh, working the radio was kind of where it all started, and then you start to work for one sports team, and you know, you get interest from other sports teams, and my phone started to ring, and it got a snowball from there. Yeah, uh, very nice. Um, also, what other work do you do? Is there any work that you do outside of uh, announcing and voice acting? Uh, um, I guess it's mostly that. You know, most of my life consists around mm-hmm. uh, announcing and working in sports or working in combat sports as well, like boxing and mixed martial arts and that sort of thing. So um, but I do voice for stuff and radio commercials and TV commercials and video games and uh, yeah, fun stuff like that. I do a whole bunch of cool stuff. Very nice. We, we've got a question. What do you do if you get sick? Like you get like a throat, you get a sore throat or something like that. How do you deal with that? You really cross your fingers that it doesn't fall on the same weekend or the week that you have some work. I mean, if I get a cold, um, work has to stop for a little while. You have to put your work on hold for a few days and then just sit and chill out and, you know, do your best, take care of yourself. Um, I have kids and unfortunately they can bring colds home all the time. You gotta be careful a little bit, but for the most part, I'm, I'm pretty healthy. So I don't get sick too often, but I should be knock on wood. So kind of changing the point of topic, what's your what's been your favorite sport to announce and what's the best crowd you've experienced in Vancouver? 
Well, hands down, best crowd is the Whitecaps, 100%. And it's not a bias because they, I'm there and I'm being a part of the organization, all that sort of thing. It's really an honest answer uh, as far as this and interaction. One-on-one, uh, it's the best. Hands down, the best experience. Um, as far as the most fun, I, I do the rugby sevens tournament, which comes once a year. And it's a very intense two days of eight hours a day, 24 matches each day. Uh, you get a small break in the afternoon, you get a small break in the evening. But for the most part, it's rugby all day long from start to finish for two full days. And it's really, that to me is the most fun. It's the most challenging and it's the most fun. It just goes so quickly. I, I know uh, well about that rugby. I have sat through it on both days for a number of years. And Tom actually joined me there this year. Uh, it's quite a no, really. it's quite a long tournament. And you're definitely faced with some difficult names from those Southern Pacific Islands. Uh, so, so would you consider yourself a fan of the home teams that you're announcing or more of a neutral? No, you got to be a homer. You have to. You know, as much as you like to be, but you don't want to sound like you're being super, you know, obnoxious about it. For the most part, you want you want everybody to know you're being a homer, right? I work in lacrosse, and in lacrosse, it's very obvious who I cheer for. Same with hockey, football, baseball, rugby, all of it. You know, if, if I'm doing a match and Canada is playing France, my introductions for Canada are significantly better than the introductions for France. I love the French players. They're great. They do their job. They're very entertaining. But my love is for the Canadian team, of course. Mm-hmm, for sure. What would you say is the most difficult um, thing with announcing? Like, what's the most difficult part of announcing? The general the name, like name pronunciation, making sure you get the names correct. Because everything is fairly formulaic. You you have a bit of a structure, what you're going to do, um, how you're going to say it, and all this, you know, you, you, you get into a rhythm. You just do the same thing over and over again. But it's adding the names in that adds the extra element and the, and the, the, um, the potential for error, things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, especially when it comes to things like the rugby tournament. When you do yeah. Hockey. When you do hockey, you do 35, potentially 40 games a year. After a while, you associate people with their number, and you can remember them and know them well. Um, with football, there's 10 games uh, over the course of the year, so you kind of get a, a little more recognition, a little more recollection, um, number to name, that sort of thing. Um, but when it comes to like rugby tournament, that's once a year. So I've got to make sure I bone up on those guys and, and make sure that I sit down with someone that understands it all and can tell it to me and make sure that I can then make sure the fans understand it as well. That's pretty interesting. Personally, I've done a little bit of stadium announcing. Uh, I did once uh, baseball this summer and I've done a bit at uh, UBC. Um, so I know that you follow a script. Do you ever stray from the script?
very good. What's your thoughts on the Whitecaps, especially with this start um, of the season? Trust the process. Isn't that, uh, isn't that the, the, the trending hashtag right now? Is, is hashtag trust the process. Mm-hmm, for um, sure. It, it's, I think it's true. I, 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 see, I see growth from each game. There's mm-hmm. been really significant growth. Um, there's a few mistakes. If Ali Adnan decides that he wants to, uh, he wants to, you know, put his stamp on the game, and unfortunately, it didn't work out for him. So, nah. but uh, you know, there was good things last time having uh, Ardaiz up front uh, and bringing Fee in later on in the game uh, against LA. What's the worst thing in the world, right? There's, there's a few things. There's, um, there's some, there's some things that are happening. You can see that the players are starting to gel. They're starting to kind of understand what other players are going to do and laugh and bummer and stuff like that. Got a pretty idea what other person's going to do it. They can see, continue to do what they're doing. Stay the course, as uh, Marcus said, and uh, and just you know hope that everybody can understand that it's a process. There's there's you know there's a few steps that are going to have to be taken long before these guys start to run. So. Yeah, I think those thoughts really resonate with the rest of the fan base as well. So we're running out of time here on the podcast uh, for this interview, but we do have one more question, and that would be, what's the most fun part about the Whitecaps? Um, the love and the passion of the fans is really great. It's really cool. Like, I mean, I get to go to work and uh, work in sports, and you show up every day, and, and most of the people that you work with and, and the majority of people you work with are really, really happy to be there and, and have been doing this for a really long time or enjoying it and stuff. So, the, you know, it's 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 never really hard work. It doesn't really feel like work most days. I'm not sure everybody can say that. But um, I think the best part really is the fans and the fan experience. Um, the supporters, the people that really love it and, uh, and just bleed blue and white. Yeah, I uh, the fans are definitely something that make it special. Um, so that's all the time we have for this. But thank you so much again for coming on the podcast with mm. Tom and I here. Uh, and it was a great interview. Thank you again. Thank you very much. No worries. Thanks, gentlemen, for having me anytime. Thank you. So that was a pretty good interview. And... We've now had a lot of different perspectives on the Whitecaps. Mm-hmm. We've had Peter Shad, the play-by-play guy, Barry Walker, a supporter, Cortland Ton, the equipment manager and actually involved with the club, and Don Andrews, the public announcer. Yeah. So what would be your most interesting perspective? And if you were to take a role for yourself from one of these perspectives, what would it be? Oof, that's, a, that's a big question. I would want to do the... I would want to do Andrews. I want to do Don Andrews in the sense that the way he, in the interview, he was talking about his job and how it didn't really feel like he was showing up to work each day. I love how I love how he had just a great charisma about him. His vibe was really good, and he just seemed like he enjoyed what he was doing each day. And he was coming to work and he was having a good time. And he got to see all the behind the scenes. Still, it just seems really fun. I just seemed like that would be a great job to do. You're not as inside as say, the assistant equipment manager. However, I think it would just be a really fun job, and you obviously get to know so many cool people. And I've spent a fair bit of time with him through uh, different sporting events and different venues, and he's a pretty fun guy to be around too. 
Mm -hmm. uh, so, Tom, do you want to bring us through the injury update, which has gotten a little bit shorter recently? Which is shorter the better. Andy Rose has returned to full training, and so has Kamiri, which is awesome. David Norman Jr. underwent successful surgery and will be, will be back late in the season. Unfortunate for him that he uh, got injured over in England with the under-23s. Mm -hmm. um, but surgery, surgery, and... Football's well, football. Yeah, what, 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 what can you do? What sports can you do? sports. Uh, so now to the academy teams. I actually went out to UBC this week to see all of the academy teams host the Seattle Sounders at the National Soccer Development Center. Uh, the U19s uh, won a stingy game, uh, one nothing with a goal from Albert Kang. Nothing special in the goal. Uh, good move going up the pitch um, by the, the whole team, really. Um, and that's another good win for the U19s, who are one of the top teams in their division. Mm -hmm. The U17s also came away with the win, rolling over the Sounders 3 nothing. Awesome. Nothing too special in that one, but a good win nonetheless for those kids. And the Young Guns lost a tight back-and-forth affair 3-2. to two. Uh, The goals were exchanged quite quickly, um, but they were just unable to come out with the win. Uh, this week, all three teams are actually going to go their separate ways. The U19s will be staying and training in Vancouver with no match this weekend. Uh, and the U17s uh, will travel to the Generation Adidas Cup, one of the biggest tournaments for a youth player in uh, North America. And then the U15s will go to the Netherlands to compete in the Rotterdam Cup tournament. And there they'll actually be competing against some of the world's top academy sides. Last year they uh, beat the Real Madrid Academy awesome. um, in that Rotterdam Cup tournament. So that's definitely something to look forward to for the U15s and a uh, new experience for them as well. Just shows that we're not really that far from Europe. In terms of youth, sort of. In yeah. terms of youth and development, we're doing, we're getting there. We're doing a really good job. De debatable. But okay. That, that's a topic for another time. Uh, our last segment today is going to be an international one uh, in our new topic called Canada Corner. Um, the women's national team uh, has been in action twice these past this past week, um, beating both England and Nigeria's in in friendlies this week. Uh, and closer to the World Cup this summer, we will have a preview looking at the whole tournament. Well, that's going to do it for today. Thank you very much, <laughs> and we look forward to uh, hearing your comments next episode. All right, Thank see you, you guys much. later.